Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Garrett Jacobsmeyer and Joey Nagel. How are we doing, guys? Wonderfully. Great. Yeah, I'd say we're doing pretty good. Red Sox eight and two on this past West Coast trip. They had a blast out there on the West Coast. Um, maybe spent some time at the beach. I don't know. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they they did. I mean, it, it's nice when you get to play teams that aren't the teams in our division out there in the West Coast and have a little bit of a nice trip over there. For sure. Um, beautiful days, beautiful times running around the bases, lots of fun baseball. And thank God, because it's been tough these past few months. A little bit, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done a podcast episode in a little bit now. Um, we're back now, obviously. And <laughs> I think maybe it could have been a good thing because we let the Red Sox get hot. You're welcome. And, yeah, they're pretty hot right now. They have been playing some really good baseball. They've been getting contributions from a lot of different players. Um, and one thing that I want to kind of highlight that puts all of it kind of in summary is Michael Waka had a complete game shutout on this trip. That's our third complete game shutout this season, which leads the league. And the pitching has just been phenomenal for us, both on this trip and this season. Um, and then obviously now that the offense has kind of broken out more and started hitting, the whole team's kind of coming coming together more. Um, so the offense just like picks up the pitching staff, and they're just going. They have a great dynamic going, and it's been really great to see. Um, and we've been getting contributions from guys like just yesterday, Cutter Crawford. How about that? Five shutout innings with seven strikeouts out of nowhere. He makes a spot start with like half our rotation injured right now. And he gives us a really quality outing and we win that game two to nothing. Uh, Shout out Rafi Devers for the two run homer. But it's really cool to see so many different players on this team contributing. Yeah, and I I was really surprised by a couple of those out of nowhere, especially that Waka game. Um, It it was the same way the Uvalde game. You know, he's shaky for a little bit and then all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, but that's what good teams do, and this team's good enough to kind of chill at a, a above-average level until you get a guy to bring you over the edge, and then you go on a streak, and it's been really exciting, and I'm looking forward to the next one. But that's kind of what good teams tend to do. Um, you get one guy, you give him the opportunity to go, and he goes. It's been fun. Yeah, well, the big the big thing I noticed was that they won, they won eight games on the trip, and four of them were by one run, including three one-run victories in a row. Two of them won nothing. So that's showing me that the bullpen is really starting to starting to get it going. Robles choked it the other night. That was bad. But aside from him, like Strom has been really good. You might have found a closer with Tanner Houck. He he's looked pretty good out of the pen as well. And even even the guys like Johnny Scribbles, um, Tyler Danish, they're they're putting in the work. They're getting it done. And um the Sox, like very quietly, have one of the have a top ten ERA, staff ERA in the majors, which is completely uncharacteristic. And when you see it on paper, these guys are grossly overperforming. Yeah, like you mentioned, Tanner Houck had two saves on that trip. So did Matt Strom. Uh, That's been huge for us. I mean, the bullpen is still a problem. Let's be real here. Uh, I, I mentioned this stat a few minutes ago before we started recording. The Red Sox have 42 bullpen meltdowns in 60 games. Not great, but yeah, the the Red Sox have the seventh best uh, staff ERA in the majors. I'm sure the rotation ERA is even better when you're not held back by the bullpen um, <laughs> ERAs. But yeah, they've been really good. Um, they swept the A's to start out the trip. 
Not like that's a huge accomplishment, but it was still really good to see a nice sweep in there. Scored plenty of runs. Avaldi had a great start in game one with six innings, no runs, eight strikeouts. Avaldi, uh, like, I guess it's not really fair to say he's been quietly really good because he's supposed to be the ace, but he's been really good for us. Um, he's injured right now, unfortunately, but he's been pretty solid. Nick Pavetta has been outstanding for us. Earlier in the season, we didn't even know if he was still going to be on the team at this point based on how awful he was. He was horrendous. And he has come full circle and totally turned that around. He had that complete game shutout a few weeks back. And in his past seven starts, he has a 1.96 ERA. He has 48 strikeouts and 46 innings. He has just been stellar for this Red Sox team. And I can't overstate how crucial that is for the staff. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Didn't expect it. Was like really scarily bad. Um, and then complete game shutout out of nowhere. That was pretty fun. A complete game shutout for him? Yeah, he had that complete yeah, game yeah, shutout. Yeah, I remember that. I couldn't remember if that was that was full. There you go. Yeah, and he's been going deep into games too. Like this start I'm looking at right here against Oakland, he went seven innings. Allowed just two hits, no earned runs, seven Ks. Like it's not like he's just winning games. He's pitching like he's pitching like a stud right now. And it just goes back to again, man, the Red Sox won that trade. Yeah. I who even yeah. did they trade? I don't remember. Was it Workman, right? Workman and Hembry. And I don't know where either of them are now. Exactly. I don't even know either of them yeah. are employed. Where are those guys right now? And meanwhile, Nick Pavetta is essentially leading this pitching staff right now. And Connor Seabold is like one of our top pitching prospects who has tons of potential. So, yeah, that was a big W right there. Um, so after that A's series, we go out to the very, very struggling Angels. Yeah. Um, we handed them their, what was it, 12th and then 13th consecutive losses? We forced them to fire their manager. They forced them to fire their manager. Um, real quick, it's not an Angels podcast, but did you see that Joe Madden shaved like a mohawk to fire up his team and then he got fired that day and no one got to see it? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh. I feel bad for the dude, but... Wow, that's yeah. tough. I've always been a Joe Madden guy. It, it's tough. That is that is that stings. I love Joe Madden too, but man, were they scuffling? Wow, when they played down. That makes me kind of sad. <laughs> I'm like that makes me a little sad in my my belly on that one. Like, oh, he's, he was trying so hard. I mean, he didn't try. Clearly, didn't try hard enough until. <laughs> but damn, poor guy's stings. just sitting in his car in the parking lot with his mohawk. Just man. No, honestly, Only yeah. If they got to see it, <laughs> like like he probably was super excited to his his wife and kids and stuff and like all. And then he goes in the next day and he. The door's locked. The door's locked. They change the keys. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't get into his office and all of his stuff is in a box for him. Like, so, <laughs> like with his mohawk. Oh, that's depressing. All right. Yeah. But I mean, this uh, is not a, this is not a therapy podcast, but I needed to air that out. Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to get Joe Madden on this podcast, then let's do it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but it worked out for the Red Sox. I mean, game one in that series, they won one to nothing. Um, and I didn't know if I was recording there for a second. That scared me, but we got the red light there, so we're good. Yeah, so they won that game one nothing. Um, that was the game that Michael Walker went nine innings, three hits, no runs, six strikeouts, complete game shut piece. His ERA is under two. Man, what an acquisition he has been. Yeah, that game was just incredible there. Game two in that series, we won six to five. That was a close one where we actually won in extra innings. How about that? 
Yeah, remember, um, remember when we just couldn't do that? That was at all the first last year? win of the fantastic. year where the Sox were trailing after six innings and won a game. They were 0 yeah. 18 when, tra- when trailing after six. Yeah, it's interesting too. Yeah, so that's incredible. They won that game six to five. Matt Strom had the save there, and Tanner Houck had the win out of the bullpen, going two innings, no runs, three strikeouts. We'll talk about him a little bit more, but he has been phenomenal for us out of the bullpen. Um, Garrett Whitlock started that game and got kind of roughed up four yeah. innings, four runs, and he has been a totally irrelevant piece of this team now. Really depressing. He's also um, injured. He's also injured now too. So is, is he formally? They formally put him on something? Yeah, I don't remember what the injury was, but I know they put him on the injured list. Um, yeah, it's a something. lower body injury. He was limping during the start. Yeah, um, he looked not great. He was limping. When? He hasn't looked right for the past few weeks, really. Um, I really feel, I mean, when we first put him in the rotation, he was incredible because he was just Garrett Whitlock. He was striking out everybody. Um, he wasn't really going too far in the games because it was his first kind of run in the rotation. But, yeah, he was striking people out. He couldn't be hit. He would give up maybe a homer here and there. And then it just kind of started declining and declining, and then he just became like an average pitcher who is not who we're used to seeing from – it's not who we're used to seeing Garrett Whitlock be. He's not supposed to be an average guy. He's been absolutely out of his mind for this team since we acquired him in the Rule 5 draft. Um, but ever since we kind of put him in the rotation, he has been the same. Now he's injured. So it'll be interesting to see what his production looks like when he comes back from his injury, when he's uh, fully healthy. It'll be interesting to see where we put him, too. Are we going to put him back in the rotation? Or are we going to put him in the bullpen? And I honestly don't really know what the answer to that is. Um, I feel like we're kind of desperate for rotation help right now. And because Tanner Houck has kind of embodied that Whitlock-like role in the bullpen, it almost doesn't make sense to kind of keep switching things up. He's kind of starting to get in the groove there in the bullpen. You don't want to mess it up with Houck like you kind of did with Whitlock. So I was I was thinking about this recently. Um, he got that starting role. He asked for that. Um, he asked to move to the to the rotation. Whitlock? Yeah, right. I didn't know that. Well, well, yeah. Th- I mean, that was in the newspaper. I think that was in the Boston Globe yesterday. But that was part of it. <clears throat> I mean, you get paid more. You, you, when the opportunity was there, I think he wanted to go take that. Role. I mean, I can see that he always had been uh, a rotation guy, and so it makes sense that why it makes sense he'd want to start games. Yeah, and I, I know. I remember we talked about it a little bit, but he, to me, didn't. They never really projected of someone who was going to be able to see that thir- lineup through the third time anyway without getting yeah. smacked. But. Uh, I guess my point is that I wouldn't have expected it to be this bad. I wouldn't have expected it to be, what, four innings, four runs. I mean, well, that's that's about that time. You start to see, you know, you start to see the batters again. He just wasn't there. Yeah, I remember when he was first put into the rotation, I was at one of the games he started, and he struck out, like, every single batter. I think yeah. it was the Angels, and deadly. it was incredible. First time through, deadly. Second time through, he was a little bit worse, like, but just still Just a little good. bit worse, slightly third worse. Third time through, he gave up some homers, it and was, then we ended up losing that game. It's night and day that third time through, at least a little bit, when we saw it rarely in the bullpen. Um, at least that was my thought. Wow. His last seven games, uh, they're all starts. His last seven starts, he's a 5 Point oh six ERA and a one thirty one WHIP. Those are not Garrett Whitlock numbers. Wow, I didn't yeah, know it well, was that bad. Even it it aligns with with when they started stretching him out. Like when he first yeah. got into the rotation, he was giving you like he was giving you the same length he would give you out of the bullpen just at the beginning of games, and right. he was still dominant. But once they started stretching him out to four and five and six innings, that's when you saw him start to to really kind of wear down and then 
obviously he's he's he was banged up in his last couple starts now that he's on the IL but uh, I think it's a mix of just fatigue because he's already approaching his career high in innings he's at 50 right now he pitched 73 all of last year so you're seeing him I think this IL stint's actually going to be really good for him give him a chance to get healthy give him a chance to to kind of rest a little bit before either returning to the rotation and having to basically double his career high in innings this season or go back to being dominant out of the bullpen. Either way, I think if you give Whitlock these 10 days or two weeks or whatever it is, I don't see how he can come back looking this the way he did before he went on it. He's going to be better when he comes back. Yeah, I mean, plus to be honest with you, I don't really think the way that they kind of introduced him into the rotation was the best way. Um, it wasn't midseason, but like it was – during the season, I think the best way to kind of do that is beginning of the season, right out of spring training, Garrett Willock's in the rotation. He starts games to start the season versus what they did is they had him in the bullpen and then I forget exactly when it was, but they're just like, you're a starter now, threw him into the rotation. It was really soon, too. It, it was soon, too. So it really kind of throws off, I'm assuming, his mindset and kind of his routine and his rhythm. Um, maybe being on the IL can kind of reset that. Uh, so we'll see if that happens, but... Yeah, I, I definitely think the IL stint will be good for him um, to kind of even just clear his head. Like, yeah, get healthy physically, but also I'm sure that he's kind of his confidence has been hurt by the fact that he was like, I'm a starter. I want to start games. Oh, I'm not really good at starting games right now. Like, what's going on? So kind of reset all of that could really help him. We'll see what happens with that. Game three against the Angels also won one to nothing. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Matt Strom saved that game. Oh, that's right. Nathan Avaldi pitched that game. That was the game where Nathan Avaldi like was not throwing hard at all, I think, and he was like kind of hurt, but then he still didn't give up any runs, <laughs> which was cool. Tyler Danish was good in that game. Uh, Diekman, Schreiber, Strom, all great out of the bullpen. Strom picked up the save. Uh, who had the one run? Arroyo had a double. Did he? No, Dahlbeck. That's right. Yeah, I remember that now. Dahlbeck had a clutch double in that game to score a run. Dahlbeck was very good on this West Coast trip. Yeah, he's um, been crazy up and down. I can't ever figure him out. Ever, ever, ever. Anyway. Yeah, uh, he actually hit like a homer and then hit some more homers, which was surprising to see because he'd just been so awful. In his last seven games, batting 304 with two homers and six RBIs. Good. You can hit the crappy teams. Let's see it. <laughs> Let's see it when it matters. Maybe he just likes West Coast time. Or maybe it just works for have just been bottom of the barrel, but I don't, you know. Yeah, <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, but imagine if he starts contributing too for us, that'd be great. I honestly am surprised he's still here. Yeah, th <laughs> there's something. There's yeah, yep. They must really have faith in him. No, they just don't have anyone else. Bobby's starting to know. turn it around though. They started giving Ryan Fitzgerald reps at first base to see if they could call him up. On um, this, never did. And Franchi's been playing some first base, but. I guess Franchi, Franchi might take Dahlbeck's job. Right, I think so. Like, straight I mean, up. I think the only reason he really hasn't is because the Red Sox have had some injury problems. I mean, yep, yep, Kike yep. on the injured list and whoever else. But, yeah, so that that's a storyline to watch there is what Franchi ends up doing um, to Bobby Dahlbeck. Franchi has been also still incredible. Um, and then the final game in that series, we didn't lose. Um, we didn't lose. We didn't win. We lost. But because it's because Shohei Otani did his Shohei Otani thing and pitched outstanding yeah, again against us. Seven and he innings. He batted really well too, didn't he? Yeah, he was doing everything in that game, so that's just unfair. 
Nick Pavetta still in that game went five innings. He gave up four runs, but he struck out 11, which is pretty good to see. That I was surprised by that number there. And then we go to Seattle. Um, so for a little context for all you listeners, I didn't watch any of these games because <laughs> I've been on vacation. So I'm kind of learning all of this as I scroll through the, the thing. I posted about these games, so I kind of have a vague idea. <laughs> but um, Oh, that's right. We called up Rob Refsnyder. Yep. And he just <laughs> embodied that role, and he's been incredible for us. He had a really nice catch. He had a Superman-like catch yeah. in one of the games. He was getting hits. Um, yeah, so the first game against Seattle, we won a close one, 4-3. to three. That's the one where Tanner, Tanner Houck got his first save of the season. Um, yeah, bullpen was great in that one, too. Offense did their thing. JD homered. Dahlbeck homered in that game. Uh, game two. Against the Mariners, we lost that one. Back and forth. Oh, that was the bad one, that Robles blew. Yeah. Yeah, it was back and forth, and then Robles comes out here and totally just. Bobby Homer's in the ninth to give you the lead. You're feeling pretty good about it. And then that was watching Robles pitch the bottom of the ninth was a slow, it was death by a thousand cuts because the second one base runner got on, I was like, yep. They're, the Mariners are tying this game at the very least, and they're probably going to win it. And then next thing, base hit, base hit, base hit, game. Yeah. Hansel Robles is really good with bases empty, but the second a runner gets on, he might be the worst pitcher on the planet. Yeah, so here's that how that inning went. He gets a ground out to start the inning, and then he walks a guy, then gives up a single, and then line out with another single, and then another single. And they lose. Uh, it's tough. It's tough because that's a scenario, again, where you just don't have a set closer. Tanner Houck just pitched the day before. Strom already pitched in that game, so you couldn't go to Strom. Um, and, like, y- you have to go to Robles. And Does that say this is fourth blown save? Yeah. yeah well, that makes sense. It does make sense. It's just tough because he was one guy that we kind of identified as the potential closer, yeah. and he just hasn't really been getting it done in that role. Uh, yeah, he has two saves and six save opportunities. Not great. Not great. No. no. Um, we were talking about it again before we started recording how uh, this is something that we've talked about all year. If the Red Sox had a set closer, we'd be one of the best teams in the league. Without question, all of the games that our bullpens melted down, 42 of them, all or 42 meltdowns, I guess. I guess you could have more than one in a game, probably. Mm. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we have. I'm sure we have, too. Um, but if you kind of eliminate even like half of all of those meltdowns, half of those blown saves, we'd be in a whole different stratosphere. It's insane how that has just really hurt this team and just continues to hurt this team. And so if they don't address that, it's going to just keep hurting us over and over. So here's your weekly reminder. Please address that. Anyways, uh, the final game in that series last uh, afternoon, yesterday afternoon, Cutter Crawford we talked about was fantastic for us. The bullpen was fantastic for us. Hauk got the save. Rafi Devers with the two-run homer. And we walk out of Seattle with another series win. And we're eight and two on the West Coast trip. Haven't moved we're over in the standings. 500. Haven't <laughs> moved in the standings, but we're up there uh, in a wild card spot. Oh, that's right, because there's three now. Yeah. yeah, in a wild card spot. How about that? 
Hey. This is our first pod with a winning record, I think. This is, I, I think, think so. our first think podcast so too, with yeah. a winning record. Um, we made it. It's, we made it, guys. Woo! Let's hope they don't go on like a 10-game losing streak now because we said this. But we, we made it to this point. Um, and now they go back home. It's really fun to watch them right now, yeah. which is kind of exactly what I was hoping for, is just to enjoy watching Red Sox games again. Um, um, one quick related note before we move off the West Coast yeah. trip. That, um, I do like this point to you know, pat my own back and pat our back, but the, uh, the Red Sox just in, over in Oakland, they doubled the, over doubled the stadium attendance. They had 7,000 yeah. people on average in, at A's games, and the Sox series, they had 15 on average through the series which is interesting um it's very interesting and, and but it makes sense <laughs> it makes um, it makes a lot of sense yeah, it's kind of cool Oakland A's are not a fun team to watch and and we're becoming one yeah at least yeah we are uh, and red Sox fans travel like crazy even when the team's yeah. kind of mediocre i always so. do like like you know congratulating ourselves for watching the team we're a fan of yeah. not just being uh, it sounded like a Yankee home game fans. out there yeah. on the west coast yeah in oakland i mean i remember when i went to a angels game a few years back i think it might have been 2017 maybe it was a red sox angels game in angel stadium but it sounded like fenway park there were just so many red sox ga- red sox fans so many Sox jerseys they started chanting let's go red sox in angel stadium um so that's just one of the great parts about being a red sox fan it was on display in this series uh, yeah. So we gave love to some guys like Nick Pavetta, Michael Waka, Tanner Houck. One guy I also want to give some love to because we kind of trashed on him, I think, either in our last episode or the one before. Christian Vasquez. I remember posting how he shouldn't even be starting games. We were talking about how he's a big <laughs> issue that people need to pay more attention to. Um, which, by the way, apparently was very controversial. Controversial because... There's so many Christian Vasquez, like, diehard fans. Like, he's the best catcher in the league. How dare you say that? It is he's easy so to, good defensively, and he's yeah. better than most offensively. He makes some sexy plays. He makes some, and, and he got us when we were, like, becoming, you know, baseball fans. He got us at a very vulnerable time to really be big fans of people, and he's yeah. made some sexy plays. Like, chuck guys down at first base. You're never expecting it. it makes sense why he's got diehards. Um, yeah, um... That was a very interesting time for me. I was just battling these people about Christian Vasquez, breaking out the stats that showed him as not that good, and they were like, well, those don't matter. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, there were so many Christian Vasquez fans, and I will admit that I was wrong, and they were right. He has been really good kind of since I made that argument. Um, Like, really good. Since I made that – oh, I don't know exactly when I made that argument, so – Whatever, but when I made that argument, he was batting probably around 200. I think he's batting 271 now. Much better. Which is huh, really good. I'm smart and good with stats. That's better. 270 is better than 200. Yes. <laughs> Give me the uh, the fish. The fish. This is how you learn the probabilities. The fish with the mouth is eating the bigger one, like the bigger number. So you have your bigger. It's like it's not a fish. It's an alligator. That's what I've learned. Well, I always learned it was like fish. the greater than less than symbols yeah, is an alligator. Eat the it's eating the, the bigger alligator. one. Yeah, All he, right, well, see? I thought it was a fish. Screw you guys, I guess. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, well, Christian Vasquez broke out the alligator, raised that average up to 270. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in his last 30 games, which probably brings you around the time I was harping on him, 295 with a homer and 20 RBIs. Fantastic. He has 24 RBIs on the season. Yeah, in his awesome. last 30 games, he has 20. So that says a lot right there. You'll love to see that. 
Um, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the episode is we're getting contributions from a lot of different guys. Like, none of those guys that I said uh, were Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Raphael Devers. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome right there. Shout out those guys. That's facts. One guy, though, who kind of has cooled down, Trevor Story. Um, I'm going to bring up his actual stats right now. Yeah. So in his last 15 games, batting 196, last seven batting 143. Um, I mean, he went on that crazy run where he was just hitting homer after homer and was batting a, really high and drove in like 30 guys in a, such a short span or whatever. He's been really cooling off since then, uh, which is slightly concerning because I really thought that he was going to start contributing regularly for us. Uh, how concerned are we about that, about the fact that Trevor Story is kind of back to not really producing for us? Like a high-key, very solidly concerned, because the time where he was hot was, like, seriously only a few days. It kind of was. Um, like, it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like a... a week where, just like yeah. an absolute monster week, and he, um, he cooled down pretty quickly after that. You really like, just got to evaluate players, like, over half of a season. Like, you can't... Uh, you just got to be so careful, because... No, it's very concerning because you expected him to be so much better. Yeah, I mean, everyone always talks about how there's these players who hit homers in bunches, and I think Trevor Story is one of those guys who, when he hits one, he just keeps hitting them. Um, yeah. And I guess that's kind of what happened there is he just hit him in bunches, and now he, he's cooling off, and maybe he'll hit them in bunches again. Um, it's not really ideal, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that because he well, really should be a I contributing part story. of this team. The problem I have with Story is that, um, yeah, he's been cool for the past probably two weeks, and it, it's mostly because he's not putting the ball in play, which concerns me because he's striking out a lot. And, yeah. And it, it's to the point where, like, every time it gets to two strikes on him, I, I kind of know that slider away is coming, and he's probably not going to be able to lay off of it. Um. He's had a couple big hits here and there, and he's he's a great base runner. He's been st- he he has the most stolen bases on the team, so he's still contributing in that aspect. But there there is cause for concern with Story just because he's not putting the ball in play. And I think there's a big difference between having a cold week and putting the ball in play, and having a cold week and striking out a ton. Right. Right. Yeah. I really hope that he turns it around because I kind of got really excited. Yeah, no, hitting. it was awesome. I was like, oh, my God, Trevor Story's the best acquisition ever. He's amazing for He's going to lead this team to the World Series. Oh, my God. And now he's just kind of, eh. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I know we have a lot of questions, so do you want to jump into those now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, first question we got. <coughs> and this one I don't know the answer to. All right. Um <laughs> When is Josh Taylor coming back? Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, I don't know the answer. Soon I, is, it right? is it, though? I uh, feel like I remember them transferring him to the 60-day. I read something, Reese. They did at the beginning of the season, I thought. Let's pull him up. I think he just got, like, married or something. I saw that on Insta- I saw a ton wow. of Josh Taylor posts on Instagram. Why would he get married? Why would he get married during the season? Because he's, he's injured. injured. I don't know. Why no, not? that's not how any of that works. He's like, babe, I broke I my know. leg. Let's go get married. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, though. 
I want to get married I in a barn. I know a bullpen recently. <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> I want to get married in a barn. In a bar? Yeah, a like, barn. Oh, barn. With, like, tea lights. Oh, that, that's, okay. That's better. No, not a bar. What? <laughs> yeah. I want, I, when I get married, I want rose tattoo. Oh, he did not get married. Sleep. Never mind. Oh, bummer. What did he well, do? Well, he did get married, just not during it. He got married in, uh, he got married November 27th. Yeah. That makes more sense. Obviously, he just posted something that was like six months married to my best friend with a lifetime to go. Ah, because I think that's how he talks. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. fair. Anyway, anyways, let's see. Is he coming <laughs> back? <laughs> yeah, we moved into the sixty-day DL May twelfth with uh, low it's back the IL. strain. Insensitive. What I say? Piece of DL, IL. <laughs> Keep it on the DL. He's on the IL. <laughs> um, he went on a rehab assignment April twenty-sixth though, so. Okay, honest answer, I have no clue when he's coming back. I'll tell you that. I don't know. Awesome. That's what you get. <laughs> um, Christian Johan- Johnson asks, how closer Schreiber setup, man? Hauk? I said Hauk. Is that what the first? Yeah. Yeah. How closer Schreiber yeah. setup, man? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's I, I like Hauk as a closer right now. I that's mean, he's got electric stuff, and no one else is going to do it, so why not? Got electric fingers. Like, to be honest... What what about like that kind of format that we've been using like Strom and Hauk as a closer by committee pair? Strom gets more like lefties and Hauk gets more righties or something kind of like that split. Like you look at who's up and you're like, all right, I'm gonna go Strom here or I'm gonna go to Hauk here. I don't mind that. I think both those guys are capable of doing it. And if they really are so against naming a set closer, I feel like that's the best second best option. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. If they're against nope. that, yep, 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 yep. All right. Closer? Is Big Fudge and Deekman more of a liability than an asset? Uh, Big Fudge uh, is Jake Austin Davis. Deekman drives me up a wall every Deekman? time he pitches. Yeah, dry, yeah. I'm out on Deekman. He's, I'm done yeah, with he him. He makes me sad inside. No, it, <laughs> he it's makes just me so sad inside. <laughs> how his control can just disappear with the flip of a switch. Like... I think it was the game against the Angels. Did he get the lo- I'm pulling it up. Um, I'm pulling it up. When they lost 5-2, to two, he did not pitch. Um, nice. Uh, but he's been really bad. He's been bad. <laughs> uh-huh. he's In been, conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, Therefore. Th- he had a game where he got the first two outs very easily. Then he goes walk, hit batter, and walk, and leaves the game. It's just he can he can be so nasty, but with him it's literally a battle of can I strike three guys out before walking a run in? It's, it's just <laughs> insane. That's funny. Yeah. So he's it's, been bad, but I don't I don't get the big fudge him. hate. Where's the big hud- fudge hate coming from? He's been <laughs> really he's good. Been really good. He's a one forty six ERA on the season. He hasn't given up a run in his last seven games. Where the big fudge? The only thing with him from? is if the I wonder if I don't know. He's been pitching a lot of low leverage situations. I wonder if he sees those high leverage situations, will he crumble under the pressure? Maybe, but we we don't know yet. We'll, we're gonna have to find out. Um, but yeah, big fudge has been really really good, and I still don't think he's a very good pitcher, but he's pitching very well. <laughs> yeah, if you want to talk about bad pitchers who are a liability. Bring back up Ryan Brazier because he's here again and he is still awful at the game of baseball. Ain't going to change. He ain't going to get better. 
Still awful. Still annoying. Yeah. Yep. All right. Liability. Um, he sucks. Well, Oliver Lee asks, what should we do with Jeter Downs? Dude. Dude, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on what other teams see him as. If other teams are still Trade him in. for a closer. I mean, trade Please. him seems like a but, – but what do you get if teams think he stinks like we do? I mean, he's still a 23-year-old prospect. I think he's still ranked high in prospect rankings. And uh, <laughs> never mind. I thought he was having a good season, but he's not. <laughs> <clears throat> Fun. Wasn't he, like, on fire to start the year and everyone's like, oh, my God, Jeter Downs, he's back. He's a prospect for us. Yeah, I think He's it, batting 185. Oh, my God. Yikes. That's even way worse. He hit, like, didn't he hit under 200 last year, too? He batted 190 last year. Yeah. In AAA. Fun. I don't know. He's got when 10 homers this year, so maybe there's that. you're a high prospect, it can't get much worse than that, but he is doing worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, Ouch. I don't know what to do with them. So I guess just let them rot down there if you can't trade them. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think he's, they're going to. Maybe just, he's the I guess, next wonder of Worcester. Maybe. Next Rusney. Or next yeah. Franchi. Um, he's the yeah. Derek Jeter of Worcester. Derek Jeter of Worcester. <laughs> maybe some other team will see something in him and, and give him the Heim. And, or give him give give Heim a call. Yeah. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, we'll send him out. He was hoping. Yep. There's a Whoa. sucker born every minute. Um, so you asked for questions. You used Raphael Devers as your as your picture for questions. Oh, I did. Yes. Um, so we have a question. Hey, Raffy, I'm from Boise, Idaho, but a huge Sox fan. Keep up the hard work. So, well, uh, well if Devers was gonna receive that, I'm sure he would have liked. I'm it sure he would have loved that message. We, so, uh, yeah. Thanks we, on I his behalf. He does, um, I hope he does also. We'll try to get that out to him. I'll, yeah. Well. I don't know. Try to look up his like yeah. Snapchat. We'll fax him. Anyway. We'll fax him. <laughs> um send a letter. Saul Zil Connor asks How many <laughs> <laughs> How many dudes would you make out with to make Bobby Dahlbeck good? Uh Joey. Answer? <laughs> well, zero because Bobby Dahlbeck is playing very well right now. Ah, yeah. I was thinking out. that he is kinda He's good right now. He's rap. been playing good baseball. You're so. a Miller Skiller, bro. You should say like eight. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, eight, but eight. yeah, I mean, hey, man, we, nothing wrong with making out with dudes. If that's what I you're feel into. like the correct answer should be a high number because Bobby Dalbeck good could be really, really, really dangerous for us. I feel like it should be a high number too, especially. I'm not gonna give you that number. It should be a high number. It is also Pride Month. It is. So it should be pretty easy to find. It's a good month to ask that, that question. Well, it should be pretty easy to find candidates that would be into that. Just this month? The, this, just it being this month well, doesn't... you got to go to a parade and then all of a sudden be like, hey, ah. to make Bobby Dahlbeck good, help me out Hey, here. who wants to make Bobby Dahlbeck good? I mean, just ask nicely. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, not everyone would be into that, but I'm sure we could get <laughs> some people. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> um, all right. Josh Mabe asks, how confident are you in the pitching staff now that Whitlock and Nasty Nate are in the I.O.? 6.7 out of 10. 6.7 confidence out of 10. Cool. <laughs> That's what I get. I mean, who even's left? So who? Avaldi's down. Whitlock's down. Uh, That's it. Okay. So it's not as bad as I thought. You still got Pavetta. You still got Hill. You still got Waka in the rotation. Uh, Cutter Crawford, I guess, is in the rotation now because of the injuries. 
I'm cool with it. Did you see the report that came out that said the Red Sox would consider having Chris Sale in like a bullpen role when he comes back? Good. Who said that before that report came out? Who said that last episode? I think it was me. They're listening to us. <laughs> I still think it's a great idea. I still support it fully. Chris Sale is the closer. Just don't expect that guy to come out and be able to give you five or six. So he can't do it. Might he as can't well do it. Hi, Mitch. You're listening. Come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> because now we know you listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Ethan M27 asks, if Rafi doesn't get an extension, when's he going to leave? Um, well, when's his contract up? Rafi's extension is going to be worth more than the team itself. He'll nice. get one. From us? Yep. You're that confident that we're actually going to extend him? They might be stupid, but I don't think they're <laughs> stupid enough to let Rafael Devers go because he hit a ball in the that would have hit a right-handed batter yesterday for a home run. So yeah, probably. So Super to answer the question, he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So we have him next year through arbitration. Still, after that, he's a free agent. So in theory. You have more time to extend him, but that's not something you want to wait around on, um, partially because you want him locked up as soon as possible, but also because he's just going to keep getting better, which means he's just going to keep getting more expensive. There's no point in waiting. Also, if you extend Bogarts, Rafi's going to want to stay even more. So, I can't if, imagine if them extending Bo- Bogarts first, though. I, I feel like it'd be Devers first. Uh, yeah, I, I like mean, first, if they were to extend Devers before Bogarts, then... They would have to extend Rafi at the end of this season and then sign Bogarts through free agency. Like I, I feel yeah, like that that, that's happen, true. Bogarts would have to test the market, which could still happen, and he could still very well come back. I just, I don't know. I mean, this is a conversation for another time, but I just, I don't see the Red Sox signing Bogarts to an extension. I just don't think it's in their cards. Yeah, well, they're stupid. They are stupid for it. I don't think it's a good idea. I just, <laughs> I just don't think they're going to do it. No, I know. I, I, I agree with you, but, like, yeah. I mean, this guy, Rob, stupid. at work, who I work with, he always comes up to me and he's like, you know the Yankees are going to sign Daniel Bogarts. And I'm like, yep, thanks for that. They're not going to extend him. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. So maybe he knows something we don't. I mean, I don't know anything about anything. We don't know. We don't know. Cool. In conclusion. I don't know. Um, Vivek Jog 2 yep. asks, uh, who could the Sox reasonably trade for? Um, we mentioned this last episode, too. Yeah. Well, the the thing is here, there's not too many good closers, I feel like, in the league. Like, there's a few, like, premier top ones, and then I feel like there's just kind of a gap. One guy that I think we talked about last episode who I still think is a good option is uh, David Bednar with the Pirates because there's no reason why the Pirates need a good closer. Um, And he is up there in saves. He's got 10 for a very horrible team. So that's cool. Um, I mean, all the other guys who lead the league in saves are all on contending teams. So I don't... I mean, they're not going to be traded. Um, And... Yeah, I think David Bednar is a very good pick for us to trade for. I think another option could be Emmanuel Class with the Guardians, but I don't think they would trade him because he's young, and I'm pretty sure they just extended him. Um, I, we could have a reunion 
with uh, Mark Melanson, who's now no. like 40 years no. old. Melanson's, <laughs> never mind. This was never the mind. one place where Melanson sucked. He's a 6 ERA. <laughs> never mind. Other than that, I don't know, man. I, I think my pick is probably David Bednar with the uh, that they're Pirates. Yep. Let's see what his let's see what his stats look like because I think they're good. But no matter yep, very what, very good. One twenty nine ERA, oh seventy five WHIP. Need him in a Sox uniform tomorrow. Only thing is, you're gonna have to pay a pretty penny for him. Are you? Or you can just give him Jeter Downs. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Pirates can pretty easily just be finessed out of a good deal. Well, actually, Ben Charrington's their GM, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's my guy. That's the um, guy. And we could definitely, we could pull off that trade pretty easily. Yeah, but. We got some again, guys in the farm system. Every year. We got some dudes. <laughs> we got some dogs closers. down there. <laughs> what, Joey? Yeah, what'd you say? <laughs> what? What'd you say? Heim doesn't believe in closers, and it drives me nuts. We yeah, will, like, pull him out of Boston years. if he doesn't get a closer. There's just no way from, like, a PR standpoint that the trade deadline can pass and he doesn't get a closer. Like, there would yeah, be well, riots. <laughs> yeah, well, Heim's not a big fan of the deadline. Then do it tomorrow. <laughs> Don't wait. Okay. I'm with it. <laughs> Joey's with it. Joey's with it. Go get a closer, guys. All right. Um, tomorrow. <laughs> Best Josh 916 asks, should I send a dead rat in the mail to Robles? <laughs> To who? To Robles. Robles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, side note. So, like, really small, funny side note. So, rats are disgusting. Um, rats suck. Breaking news. No, like, rats are nasty, disgusting. Right, but in New York, they're, like, running all over the place. They stuff. have, like, social security numbers in New York. They're so big. Dude, they're nasty, <laughs> and they're big. And, and anyway, I was just doing my thing watching YouTube, but Vice has this really nice... Um, video where they talk about these people who have terriers and small dogs that hunt them at night and it's almost more it's more like a like an entertainment thing for them but they hunt rats and the video was just like all right it's hunting time and then all the dogs like run around everywhere alerting where the rats are and they hunt the rats um yeah related but unrelated things yeah no yeah that's rats are gross. New yeah. York smells bad. New York, yeah, rats are gross. My favorite game to play in New York is where there's garbage smell coming from because you can't lose because it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was like that in New Orleans too. But anyway, to answer the question, yeah, Sad yes. Robles, that dead rat. Uh, yes, got one. please. Uh, rats are nasty. I just wanted to emphasize how much of a symbolic. Um, if you do it, uh, send us a video. That'd be hilarious. Anyway, um, Trace Off Twelve asks: Are the Red Sox going to trade for a starting pitcher? Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, they won't, but, like, I don't know. Because no, they the, they're going to get Paxton back, and they're going to get Chris Sale back, and they're going to be like, it's just like a trade deadline acquisition. We got Chris They Sale. better not say that again. If they do that again, <laughs> they're like, I don't know, a better trade acquisition we could have than Chris Sale. That's our acquisition. What did he do since that, that, since that discussion? What, like, what, how How'd did that his, work out? No, how did it work out? Like, like recap. Actually, he's injured again. No, I know, but like, how <laughs> soon after he said that did he get injured? Pretty soon. Like, I feel like, like right, he maybe pitched like three times. Yeah, four, like a hot know. minute, just like right back. Yeah, and then just didn't. Was he? Wait, was he on the team when we were in the playoffs or no? Um, I don't think so. I do what? not believe so at Sale? all. Yeah. yeah, last year. 
Yeah, he was. Really? I mean, the fact yeah. that we don't remember that shows how significant he was in that. Really? Wasn't he really bad? Evaldi started. Evaldi started the wild card. He was back like right. Give me a sec. All right. So yeah, uh, he pitched. <laughs> he pitched uh, one game in the ALDS for us. He's a forty-five ERA. Yeah, he pitched one inning, gave up five runs. Yeah, that's what happened when I Cora that sat there smugly saying, we have the, we don't have to do anything with the trade deadline. We have the best trade deadline because we should come in ever. We got We're going to say it again, except it's going to be, well, we have the two best trade deadline <laughs> acquisitions this year with Chris Sale and James Paxton. Yeah. They're not yeah. going to trade for a starter. And for the record, he pitched two games in the uh, championship series and gave up five runs, eight hits in those two games, so. Yeah, wasn't great. Which isn't bad. It's not great. Not Chris Sale. <laughs> not Chris uh, Sale. Who replaces Valdi and Whitlock in the rotation? Uh, Cutter Crawford, apparently. And, Cutter uh, Crawford and... An imaginary fifth guy. I don't know. Name in sports. If they put if they put Hauk back in their rotation, I'm going to lose my mind. I will absolutely flip. That would be they like made just this so mistake a month stupid. ago with Whitlock. Yep. They, they, I imagine if they put Hauk back in the rotation, that'd be ridiculous. They might. They might. It wouldn't surprise I'm hoping, me. I'm hoping they do uh, Winkowski again, which I think is what they're trying to do. Make him, make him have a spot start until one of them comes back. I, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Winkowski's yeah. not bad. Wink, wink. Winkowski. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on from whatever the hell that was. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Um, the question is, what is the hardest team to play against? Um, ourselves. Yeah. Our biggest enemy is ourselves. Did teach you that assumption? No. Some kid on my bus once told me that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He it's was like, like, the greatest enemy of oneself is themselves. What does what, what eyes like, look like? That's way too deep for 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Well, anyway. Uh, in reality, the answer is... Um, the Yankees. Is it the Yankees? We haven't played them. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we crushed the Yankees. We don't even know. I'm just tired Why of Why haven't we played the Yankees since opening day? Yeah, no, day? I don't know. Uh, it's when do we play them again? We don't even play them until the second week of July. Well, that'll be fun when it happens, but I have no idea. Toronto, maybe? I feel like we're bad against Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> the Yankees are good, man. Anyway. We were yeah. so bad against the Blue Jays last year, but we still won the season series. Like, remember the Blue Jays? Yeah. Just they, they, every, every game they won against us, they scored at least 12 runs. That's why it felt like that. Because I remember, didn't we literally give up like the most hits they had in franchise history? They had like 17 like runs that. and like 20 something hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it like 20? Hits? Oh, I think wait, so. Here, here was it. Was that when they were out in like Buffalo and they were just hit into the jet stream out to right field and just everything would go out? That was, no, that yeah. was at Fenway, actually. This game was at Fenway. They lost 18-4. to four. We gave up 20 hits. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, that was the day game that Arroyo pitched. Oh, that's the game Ryan Weber gave up 11 runs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... Oh, my God. I can't believe he was on the team last year. 
Martin Perez gave up five runs to start the game, and then Ryan Weber comes in, gives up 13 hits and 11 runs. <laughs> he and was then DFA Marwin Gonzalez right and Christian Arroyo pitched that. Yeah, he was. That was horrible. <laughs> that was probably the worst pitching performance I've ever seen. Yeah, well, they just kind of let him out there to die because they didn't want to use anyone else out of the pen. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to win this. We don't want to waste anyone else. Ryan Weber, go ruin your career out Keep there. Keep going, Web Dog. <laughs> hey, you're doing great. <laughs> because that's what's Only funny. Is he, pitched, he pitched five and two-thirds. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you often don't see pitchers get to 11. Yeah, he probably keeps coming to the dugout and starts going to the clubhouse, and Alex Gore's like, no, 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 you're going back. No, out no, 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 you're going back. <laughs> Um, Bruins Unified asks ideal money for Bogey and Devers whatever they ask for it's going to be a lot have them come into your office be like write down on a sticky note the amount of money you want (laughs) and I will give you that yeah and Rafi's going to write like a gazillion and we're going to be like yep you get that alright final two questions Celtics winning game 5 Joey thoughts no because Tony Brothers is refing the game I have this whole series planned out. The NBA is rigged. It's like yeah. the WWE. No, it definitely um, is. Like they, they, no, it, no, they the knew Celtics, it was going to go to now. The Celtics are like 2-17 and 17 against Tony Brothers in the playoffs. So they're going to lose tonight. But then who gets game six, you may ask? Scott Foster, nicknamed the extender. So the Warriors are going to get all the calls tonight. They're going to win. Whatever. We're going back to Boston for game six. The Celtics, it's going to be grossly rigged. The Celtics are going to walk away with the easiest win on the planet to force games in San Francisco. And that one's a toss-up, but the Celtics are going to win because the Celtics are the best team with the most titles. The Celtics are the balls. They are the balls. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you can't That's better analysis that. than I was going to give. That was so, solid. Um, yeah, no, perfect. It's all scripted. I've been That's thinking about it all day, ever since the ref assignment came out. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, and final question: Why does my horse sad when I punch? Frown face. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is my horse sad when I punch? Why is my horse sad when I punch? You say frowny face too? <laughs> oh, you're doing the frown. Yep. Yeah, I'm just wow. animating the emoji. What? Man, <laughs> that is probably the best question we've gotten. I mean, man. My feelings were hurt a little earlier trying to, you know, about the Joe Madden thing, thing. (laughs) but now it goes into context. Like at least I ain't a horse getting punched. That poor horse. I know. It's so sad. I'm like uncomfortable. I don't want to think about that at all. Why are you punching your horse, man? Let's let's report this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Let's file a report. After you, the feds. Man, you just turn yourself in. Don't be punching your horse. horse. Horses. Horses. All right, so there's this. Um, the only horse you can beat is a dead horse, dude. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. You gonna say something? No, not not nothing better than that. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all the questions, my man, brother, man. Wow. Horses. Horses. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. 
including Red Sox games or go to a Celtics game. Uh, or a horse race. Plus. Well, those aren't very much more ethical than punching horses anyway. Maybe don't go to a horse race. But you can go to a Celtics you game. You go to a horse or race and where they don't punch their horses. <laughs> and you... Promo code DUGOUT for $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. <laughs> D-U-G, O-U-T. Don't beat your horse. Please. Yeah. Be very nice. We love animals on this pod. This is a horse-friendly podcast. This is a PETA-sponsored podcast. I don't know about that one. Can that get me sued? I don't like PETA. It's not true. I like PETA bread. That's not true. We're not sponsored by PETA. We're, we can sponsor PETA bread. Love pita bread. Shout out pita bread. Pita chips. Pita Gar- chips. The garlic and also uh, great. The garlic and whatever. I've been eating mad chips lately. It's been a problem. Me too. But pita chips. Pita chips. Shout out them for those. Sweet. Anyways, we don't want um, <laughs> to beat a dead horse here, so let's uh, wrap this one up. Thank you for listening to the Indigo Podcast this week. Uh, go socks. Oh, oh, I forgot. Matt Barnes blocked me. I haven't gotten to talk about that yet. Oh. Why is that sad? It's funny. I don't oh, care. I don't, don't want to see Matt Barnes posts. No, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I was at the Red Sox game where Matt Barnes was just awful, and I was, like, going to post something about him and tag him, and I'm like, he's not showing up. And then I looked at my other account, and he's like, oh, he does have an Instagram still, and then I looked, and he blocked me. What did you do to get blocked? He's been on the IL for, like, two weeks, and I don't think anyone He's not injured. Noticed. He's not hurt. I know he's not injured. But there's been this weird bliss when a reliever comes in. It's not not him. him. It's just (laughs) not Matt Barnes. You look up and it's like, not Barnes. We're good. You're just relaxed. Unless it's Brazier. Not much better, but still. Um, What did I do, you asked Garrett? Uh, I... um, Did you tag him in a story? I called him... Well, there's this picture I have of him pitching in high school with a clown nose, a crown that says Bozo, and it says... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll and then do it. I also posted this one with him in clown makeup and all of that. Yeah, it says Matthew D. Barnes, certified yeah. clown, that's DFA tough. this loser. That's tough. Um, that'll yeah. do it. He's also the face of my clown list post on Instagram. I'm not surprised. So Fantastic. I wonder why he didn't want me to be looking at his stuff and being involved with me. Puzzling. But I will take that as a, uh, a medal of honor, an award. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Go Sox. Go Celtics. Bye.